What the deal, Playboy? What's good, Josh? Your man DJ Flicka Flicka PZ in the building. They call me DJ Playboy also, but I'm with the fam. With my people. As always, as always, it's the Perfect Talk Podcast if you ain't know. And I got my homegirl, Ayo Niche. Yo. In the building. How you doing, Nish? I'm I'm great. It's Friday. Like I'm 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 lit. Hey, yo, Nish. Let's go. Black History Month. Yeah, Black Panther. It. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm out here. Black. Oh yeah, Black Panther in theaters and theaters. Shout out to Marvel. Cut the check. I got my homeboy in the building. He's sitting to the right. It's my dog, Keith. How you doing, bro? Girl, scream like I'm Keith. Keith. And you to my left. Nish to my right. You already know, man. I'm ready to get it in. It's a sad <laughs> week. Oh, it's going down. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. It's been a sad week, but I'm hoping to pick up the energy here. You know, here with my partners, them. With your partners, the fam. That's what we do. We try to lift your spirits up uh, always when we come around. Everything good, though, in, in the personal? Or you guys yeah, in the personal life. Everything, everything is good in the personal life. Marriage is good. Uh, you know, we do, still, doing my reading, still doing my reading challenge for the new year. What you reading now? Now I'm reading Fool by, forgot the dude's name. But anyway, the book is Fool. Basically, it's a, it's a humor book that's like a spoof on the book King Lear by William Shakespeare. Okay. Okay, my man. Okay, you're all over the place with it. You're reading about white people. <laughs> well, yeah, because I, I, I read nonfiction stuff, so I got to mix it up with, like, I try to keep it light every now and then. Because the last book I read was, um, I think, Southside. And it's basically about, like, residential segregation in south side chicago mm-hmm. and gentrification and all that type of stuff that shit is depressing so wait hold on oh right. you finished the book after the obama book i thought obama's yeah. book was like oh damn he's yeah, I read through a, I read, over here yeah i read through a few books i read the one one short book of poems called milk and honey and then now i'm reading this one um full full milk and cookies okay my man uh what you got next what's on what's next after full well, I'm, I got one on my queue called the, I believe it's called the Law of Color or the Color of Law. It's another one about segregation. I think about like economic segregation, but I don't know. I might push that a little bit further because I know I noticed I've been getting more dark. Last night I was preaching to my lady about encouraging our friends to invest in the stock market just to try to mitigate the the racial wealth gap and shit like that. So I'm like, nah, I gotta, you gotta read we something like numbers, <laughs> we some numbers out here. Yeah, man. Uh, that's what's up, man. He's helping trying to help out the community in his own way. Uh, Keith alluded to it uh, earlier, but it definitely has been a sad week in America. Um, our condolences go out to uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida. Uh, there was a mass shooting there this week. Um, one of the deadliest in American history, actually. A 19-year-old gentleman by the name of Nicholas Cruz, former student there. I believe he was expelled. Uh, legally purchased the AR-15 and showed up around three o'clock on Wednesday, Valentine's Day, and opened fire on students and staff. Uh, murdered seventeen people, injured oh, more than a dozen, and 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 it, it's one you kind of like so numb to it, man. That you hear about the stuff. Actually, some of the shootings don't even get the national attention that they should get. You know what I mean? And you're so numb to it, but this one I think it really it, it struck just because of the uh, the visuals. You have the kids running out of the school. Um, you have the kids actually recording what's going on inside the school. 
You know, I seen one video where you just hear nonstop gunshots. I seen another video where you actually see the cops, uh, SWAT team coming into the room, and and you you just the kids are so nervous, they're so scared that my man is still recording. Well, as the cops are telling him to put his hands up in the air, you know what I mean? But they don't know. The cops got to tell him, yo, put your phones down. We don't want to, you know what I mean, pop y'all. But, like, that's just how it, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a scary situation. We all have family members. We got nieces. We got cousins. We got nephews. Uh, children of our own. And, and you have to send them off to school. You have to send them off to daycare. You have to send them off to everything. And just the fact to know that it's such a scary world out there um, is, is a bit disheartening, but uh, our condolences are definitely with the families of the victims, the the, the students who's uh who lost their staff members and 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 form and uh other students as well, man. But what what, what do y'all got to say about the situation? Well, I was talking to my homeboy. He's a father. I don't have kids of my own, but I do have nieces and nephews and all that stuff. So I care for them just, almost just as much as if they were my kids. And the thing you do, you try to put your kids in the best position possible. You know what I'm saying? The safest situations. You send them to a good school if you can. You live in a better neighborhood if you have the resources to do so. You you screen their friends and all this stuff. So this school was supposed to be a, a, a pretty good school in a pretty good neighborhood. But unfortunately, like something like this happens. And some, when something like this happens, sometimes as a parent or a caregiver or even a teacher or whoever, like you check yourself and start putting a little bit of blame on yourself. Like, did I do the most that I can, that I could do to protect these kids? And the truth is that you do every day you get up and you do it the best you can. But, you know, we live in a world nowadays where something like this isn't that unusual. Something like a school shooting is not unusual. Like when it happened, now there's like a, a clear protocol to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's drills. Schools have drills for it, right? It's kind of, it kind of to take a historical reference, it's like in, in the 50s when they used to have like nuclear nuclear drills. Now they have drills for school shootings, and it's, it's kind of an ugly time. So hopefully we can come out of this in, in you know short order so that we can be more of a normal world where we're not thinking about, like, what if my child's school get, gets shot up by, by, by a former classmate? So it's a horrible thing. Yeah, I think just the thought, the thought process behind it, you know, um, the thought process, it just, it, it, like you said, it could put a real damper on everything. And then, you know, not even just from being a parent, but like, I, I look at the kids, like I primarily work in the high school and it's just like to, to be there. And we've like, I've experienced not necessarily shootings within the school, but there have been shootings outside of the school, and then, you know, on the weekend, and then Monday comes, and these kids aren't in the same classes. They're not sitting where they used to sit at, you know, like, and just how the environment is in the school post um, a death of a child. I mean, it's it's crazy dramatic. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, it's, it's so crazy. It's an intense situation for everyone involved, but specifically students. Because they have built relationships with with these people or with these with these students who no longer exist, you know, like so, um, and and it and they're the ones who have to attend the school, you know, um, so it, it's a lot for everyone, everyone involved, you know what I mean, including the teachers, because you know now you have you know dozens of kids inside of a um classroom who who feel this pain. So I mean, you know, like you said, I know the country can get past it, you know, um as as we do everything but there has to be proper precautions that need to be uh taken and it's like you know well what are those besides those drills 
Um, it's deeper than just banning, uh, you know, uh, firearms or making it difficult. I mean, because at the end of the day, if you want to do something, you're going to do something. But like, what's really, what's, what's the motivation behind these killings? Like, did, did they speak on that? Why he wanted to go inside the school and um, let off like that? I don't think they've spoke as of this time. I don't think they've spoken to his motive yet, but they did say that he admitted to doing it. Um, his lawyers are trying to put through like some some type of insanity. Say, yeah, mental case, yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. He uh, his he got kicked out of the school, um, because he beat up his ex girlfriend's boy new boyfriend. Oh man. Um, and the fact that he did it on Valentine's Day, people think it was because of that. Mm. Um, but he 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 confessed. I don't think he actually gave motive yet though. Um. <sighs> And I, there's like a uh, he well if you the the kid has a, a crazy social media history of just making threats you know it's all coming out now and um, making threats saying uh, racist things against blacks and Muslims uh, showing pictures of himself shooting guns uh, after target practice people in the neighborhood have complained about him pointing BB guns at people and doing target practice in the neighborhood um, there was a real obsession with guns and with violence. Um, there's a Tupac and Notorious Biggie song, I believe when Tupac's Resurrection movie came out, Eminem produced it, is uh, running. And at the end of it, uh, they're interviewing the Notorious B.I.G. And he's like, um, he heard that, that Pac had got shot. And he was like, again? You know what I mean? He got shot. He going to be good. He's going to go back to whatever. And that's the, I think the, the attitude that, that's in this country is like, oh, another mass shooting again? You know what I mean? Okay, well, we're going we gonna to mourn about it. We're going to prayers for hashtag whatever. And... We move on as a country, but I think we we need to turn the mirror on ourselves, turn the spotlight on ourselves, um, and really wonder like, okay, there are people who want to defend to the to the the core. If you start talking anything about banning guns, they lose all empathy that they have for any mass victim shooting or any any, any victim of a shooting for that matter, um, just to defend their right to have guns. So if you take that stance, and that's your in this country based on the rules, that's your legal right to do that. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be an interest in, okay, well, if you're going to have 19-year-old kids having guns legally, how come there's no focus on mental health? Focus on making sure that, okay, if you want to have a, a healthy uh, respect for guns, if you want to like collect guns, if you want to be a gun enthusiast, let's also make sure that the first thing that's on your mind isn't let's go grab my gun and go shoot up a bunch of people the first time something goes wrong in your life, the first time life doesn't go as expected. You know what I mean? And that's that's where I think we're having that disconnect. You want to sit there and be like, well, I need my gun for defense. I need my gun for this, that, and the third. There'd be less stuff going on. No, they're quick to be like, oh, well, there was a shooting in, in a church, and if people didn't have guns around there, you know, they wouldn't have stopped that shooter. True, but how come there's no... But as 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 your gun as a gun enthusiast, how come there's no interest in wanting to make sure that maybe uh, more background checks are done? Maybe there's a focus on as as the NRA even having focus groups to make sure that your members don't don't you know what I mean uh, it, it, interact and stuff like this. They don't they don't involve themselves in stuff yeah, like this meetings. because it's just like yep and stuff like exactly that. Like, yeah at just, the house like you know what yeah. I mean. Not even all that, but even just so, like, having the actual, like, you know what I mean, the public service, like, you know what I'm saying, stuff, you can have, the, you know what I'm saying, these people are enthusiasts, they love to watch videos on guns, they love to watch stuff, so, you know what I mean, if you really want to have 
and I'm not saying that this is going to be the solution. I don't really know if we have a solution in this country if based on the way the laws is. But it's just like something's got to be done to make because to make so many people think, hey, something went wrong in my life. Something wasn't right today. Let me just go shoot a bunch of people. I don't see it. I don't, and I don't. I don't think anyone here on this podcast thinks like that. But obviously, there are a group of people out there who do. I think I get mad. I think you know that, what I'm saying. I, I get I, stuff don't happen that I want to happen, but that isn't where my thought process goes. Yeah. And you know what I mean. My fault. I don't mean to cut y'all off. No, no, no. I understand what you're saying, but like, I I also feel like too. Like, um, I mean, how would that how would that look if we had something set up where, um, monthly people are like, you know, what I'm saying, coming to check in with you at your house just the same way like you know when people take uh foster kids and stuff like that they come check the house the surroundings i mean what would be so bad about that you mean come in come in to check people's cribs like gun owners yeah like i registered, mean making sure that yeah, uh, making right, sure assault you, rifle owners yeah and oh, that, the same that people happening. are still in the house making sure that you know it's 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 put away you know i mean i'm not saying that this will just uh cancel everything out but i mean you know they do if you we feel like there's like eyes on you, though, this, yeah. Huh? Well, yeah, there should be eyes on them. I, 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 I can't say that I agree with checking the house because if gun owners don't even want you to put through, like, or if like the gun owners, um, what's the word, lobbyists don't want you doing background checks or enhancing background checks, they damn sure not gonna want you, you know, checking the house. They're gonna talk about some Fourth Amendment stuff and. And yeah. Second Amendment stuff and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, um, I but I personally, I feel yeah, I, I know that guns are a deep part of the culture. Not necessarily my my you know in deeply ingrained in my personal culture where I'm from, but it's of all there's ten amendments and and gun ownership is is the second one. You know what I'm saying? That's how important it was. The first one is that you could say anything you want when you want, almost, and the second one is guns before anything else. You know what I'm saying? So. I would say that it should be regulated just as much as just about as much as cars. You know what I'm saying? Like guns, imagine that gun, something that's made made to harm. Like it's made to harm something. Like there's no other use for guns. Like they weren't made for some innocent like it wasn't made to, you know, like celebrate something and people happen to use it for killing. Like they it's made for killing. And People have it with sometimes with less regulations than than car owners. You know what I'm saying? Like car owners, if they have a bad history, this license is suspended. They can't drive a car. If if they're a certain age, there's certain re- there's certain limitations to how you can use a car. In some in some districts, there's no such restrictions with guns or gun ownership. You know what I'm saying? This kid legally got an assault rifle. Like this assault rifle is literally legit. To go to war, you know what I'm saying? Like armies could legit use it and win using this kind of weapon. So at the very least, it should be just about as regulated as a car. If you're 16 or, you know, if you're 16 years old or younger, you can't use it or you can only use like a certain kind, maybe 22 calibers for some ages or for some people. If if you're convicted of a felony or something, all that type of stuff. So... And and to Keith's point, like, they, and there are a few things. I know if you have domestic violence history, uh, they, they you get on a list. They they try to stop you from purchasing a, a firearm. Um, it's definitely much harder to get a handgun in those situations. But you're only on that, or, or you know, if you have an order of protection against you or something like that. Um, but you know, you only you're only on that list for but so long. You know, what I mean, as long as you don't do anything, so um, people get around that. Uh, and I, I, me personally, I don't even think that that you should take the guns away from everybody because that's not going to stop. 
if, if people want to kill a bunch of people, they're going to find a way to do it. You know what I mean? So I'm not like, oh, take the guns away from them. Well, take- see, now, and that's another thing. There's that, that messaging where there are two sides and the whole country is not as extreme as people would believe, particularly in this issue. It's not a, a matter of take your guns away or enhance gun ownership. It's a matter of just common sense. Like, yo, how about we just adjust some things so guns aren't used in an, in an improper manner and they're not given to improper people you know what i'm saying but some have formed this 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 um narrative that people are trying to like take guns away like that will literally i can't imagine a lawmaker or a group of lawmakers Uh. in good conscience saying i'm gonna take your gun away it's literally the second amendment but there's a lot that more or less are saying we're gonna regulate your guns either a little bit or a lot of bit, but no one's talking about taking guns away. And I've spoken to gun owners that are like, yo, they, you know, fuck that. They talking about kicking my door down and somebody mm-hmm. literally said they're going to kick my door down and take my guns. I'm like, you're a legal gun owner, licensed. You, you, you're not a criminal. You're a gun enthusiast. You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't break the law. You got your guns lawfully. They're not kicking your door down and taking away your guns. You know what I'm saying? But what, what you got to realize what exists in that culture is a lot of propaganda. You know what I mean? It's like your man told you something. You know what I mean? And he's oh, a yeah. gun owner. He's nervous. So now I'm nervous. You know what I mean? I had a a kid, a kid, my my coworker. Um, and this a this a dude like I have a lot of conversations with. I've considered him a friend. Um, he was like, what did he say? Oh, he was like, you know why? And I don't even know what he was really alluding to. But he was like, you know why this is happening? Because they wanted to reach a point where they gotta take everyone's guns away because it's so it's so um dangerous you know what i mean the people are doing so much and, and and you know who the other countries want that he's like they want it to be where people can't have guns in their house so they could just run up in this country and take shit over and uh because yeah you gotta wait for the army to help and i'm looking at him like what the fuck are you talking about right now like i was so i didn't know if he meant like another country is doing the mass shootings or if people are i didn't know what he was he's saying it's a conspiracy kind of like a mass yeah, shooting happens yeah. and then yeah it, mass it, shooting it, happens Stokes so that they, conversation so they can, of gun control exactly so we could reach a point where they're going to take everyone's guns away and i was like the fact that he's talking with that sense of nervousness one makes me think he gets his information from facebook and two like you know what i mean like why is it that fair you know what i mean because now if you are in a state of fear now you don't even want to listen to the other side you know what i mean right and that's 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 what I, I've, I've been a big proponent of always listening to the other side i don't even care if the other side is the most evil disgusting motherfucker you could ever see i can't learn how to defeat you until i learn how you think you know what I'm saying? Until I learn what your opinions are, until I learn what they are. So I can have a conversation with you. I'm not going to burn up and die <laughs> by having a conversation with you. But no one wants to hear the other side. And I, I just remember that sticking out to me when he said that to me. I'm just like, dude, where does, what? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If every, if every person had a gun in their house, like, you think that's stopping a country from wanting to, you know what I'm saying? If they was going to do something, they was going to do something. Whether our military, you know what I'm saying, could stop them or not. I, but the fact that that thought process is, is what goes on in that community, it just shows you how propaganda works. You know what I mean? And just... They they use that to their advantage, heavy, bro. Uh, yeah. when when Sandy Hook happened, I don't know if you guys see it down there. We all live in New York, but we all live in three se- separate parts of New York for everybody out there listening. And I don't know if y'all see it where y'all live, but after Sandy Hook happened, there was a ton of bumper stickers popping up everywhere that say "fuck Cuomo," but it's spelled using AK forty sevens and AR fifteens, and it spells out the uh the words "fuck Com- fuck Cuomo" because of his views on wanting to um legislative assault rifles and stuff like that you know what i mean and that's just that's what they do they start a they start a movement kind of so to speak and it's just like mm-hmm. people don't even want to hear the other side but um you know what i mean we're not gonna sit here and 
we got to talk about it. I just can't accept this happening. You know what I mean? We we all have family members. We all got stuff. Um, also, I'm not going to live my life in fear of worried about being, you know what I'm saying? If somebody wants to take us out, they're going to take us out. Yeah, like, this, I'm not, this, it's an ongoing conversation, and, and, you know, that was our piece. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and uh, definitely our condolences, though, um, to, to the family members out there. Once again, the name of the school is Marjorie Stoneman. Sorry, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Um, I couldn't imagine going through that at that age, so you kids hold your head up. Um, family members, adults, parents in that community, definitely uh, – our condolences are with you and definitely hold it all together. Um, right now, we're going to move on to the next segment that we got going on here, the Perfect Talk Podcast. Um, that's called Have You Heard. That's when your man, Plicka Peasy, asks Keith and AO Niche if they heard something that I read this week or possibly seen, you know what I mean? And what y'all think about it. So we get started with that right now. First thing I want to know, have y'all heard or better yet, have y'all seen the Obama portraits? Um, oh, yeah. Two African... <laughs> Two African American artists, um, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, but uh, Keyhind Wiley uh, painted the Barack Obama picture. Jesus and Christ, you it, must be from Schenectady, New York. Kahinde Wiley. Damn, nigga, you sound like a. <laughs> what did he say? I was going to say Kahinde. <laughs> Keyhind, on some old white nigga, public you... school teacher shit. Okay, oh, my fault. He's a, he's a famous artist. What else he painted? Put me on. <laughs> I ain't never heard his I mean, name. I mean, I'm before. not, I'm not no art student, <laughs> so like, I'm not gonna pretend to know about art. I mean, I went to the Brooklyn Museum and saw some of his portraits. Like his style, I don't know, I don't know Amy Sherrill, the one who painted Michelle Obama's portrait, but um, I know Kehinde Wiley very abstractly. Like, I went to the Brooklyn Museum. I think he lives in New York, and Brooklyn Museum had his works. Like, he puts like black people, like black people, how we see them, but in these very regal type of portraits. So when you think about like the more like John Adams portraits where they're sitting there and looking very regal and sometimes mm-hmm. they have a background you see some ivies behind them kind of like how you have Barack Obama here with the ivies and the flowers and everything like okay. that's his style like very classy portraits but with these with these you know black a lot of time young black black people that me all three of us grew up with like they're in these very regal settings in, in, in portraiture and in, in painted and in oil paintings and stuff so I know him a little bit. I know his work, but I don't really know his history or nothing like that. Well, let me apologize to the young man, uh, Kehinde. And Wiley. all black people. Uh, apologize to all black people while you at <laughs> <laughs> Apologize oh, oh. to anybody with an African name. You know what I mean? I ain't going to get my Raven Simone on right Word. now. I'm, I'm anti-Raven. So shout out to Kehinde. And yo, it's a dope picture, bro. It's got a 3D effect. I'm talking about, I'm referring to the Obama one. Um, Barack Obama. It, it is, sorry, Barack Obama one. Yeah. Um, and it, it it has like a, a 3D effect with the vines um, and the ivies in the background, as uh, Keith alluded to. And it's dope. I, I kind of thought it was a shepherd fairly kind of like with the 3D popping out. But I, I, I shout out to Kahinda. He did his thing. And Amy as well. I like the um, fact that she mixed. It's like black and white, but it has a, a, a colored background. I like I like how she did that. It uh it really pops. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. I like you it. See, have you seen any? Yeah. I was just looking at yeah. it. I think it's dope. You know, like a lot of people... Have mentioned too, just like the the backgrounds, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not them in mm-hmm. office, it's not like a dark color background, like. And then too, just even how they were talking about with um Obama, like being like around flowers and in the garden, it's just like yo, you know, he got this powerful guy, and then he's you know flowers are known for like you know, the the softness and all of that. So it's like you know, <laughs> I keep saying you know, but. You know what I'm saying. You know. You know, but you know, nah, you I, think know. It's, I think it's lit because, you know, it just shows like the power of masculinity, but kind of like in a in a cool, 
low way to me. I don't know. It's dope to look at it though that way and to see him just yeah yeah. There, you know, there's 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 a lot of power in in that portrait. So and then you know, yeah, Michelle, she just looks dope. I, I just yeah, the Michelle Obama one is gorgeous. I mean, it's just yeah. something about her that just she she kills she kills. So salute to both the artists who uh, you know, went ahead and just and created, and a like, big salute way. to. A big salute to to African American fine art this year. Like if you look at um, she's got to have it. They have she was a um, a painter. The star, the lead character um, Nola Darling. She was a painter. She had all that art and drawn you know um, pictures of people and, and things. Um, we have this with the the Obamas and their portraits that are gonna be gonna gonna be put into the Smithsonian. You got uh, Black Panther coming that just just got released. That's huge. Like it's just it's just black people just doing their thing in art. You know what I'm saying? The Grammys just just passed by. We out Jay-Z here. Got s- snubbed to all hell. <laughs> but we still shining though. Yeah. Still shining, bro. Still doing it. Now you're right, Keith. Hundred percent. Um, I would love to have one of these pictures in my obviously a bootleg version, but like in <laughs> in my crib or something like that. They just this is just something that you could just look at all day. But it's um it's flying. Keith Keith just said it, man. Black Panther's coming out. That's that's huge. We're gonna talk about that in a second. But um also wanna know have y'all heard or better yet, have y'all seen the new Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover? Um, there is a new cover model on there. No one's seen her. Well, she actually was in last year's um swimsuit edition. She yeah. was a rookie and now she's made it to the to the cover. Her name is uh Danielle Harrington. Have y'all seen that? Danielle Harrington. Yeah. Yeah, I've she seen is a, a very attractive the, young the lady. Third, the third black woman, right? To be on Sports Illustrated. Third black woman. After Tyra and uh, Beyonce, which is, yeah. I I did forget about the Beyonce cover. I had to like uh, look it up, and then I was like, oh yeah, okay, I remember that. I think that was early in her solo career, but um, that's huge. Twenty four year old young lady, she's from Compton, um, California. Um, she's doing her thing. She actually lives in Bushwick now. I was listening to an interview she did on the radio yesterday. Um, but she's out there in New York and she's doing big things, and she's on the cover. That is huge. You seen it, Keith? I heard about it. Um, I, I seen it real quick, but I didn't really look into it. So to your question, have you heard? Sort of, but not deeply. But um, I'm looking now, and wow. You liking what you see. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ain't, nothing wrong. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, no, she's a very... You, you know what's yeah. really dope about it? Like, she's not famous like Tyra Banks and, and, um, and mm-hmm. Beyonce was. And just to see, like, just... Well, she's not an average girl, but... Like it's just black beauty, you know what I'm saying? I think the the world doesn't see enough of it. Exactly, exactly. And then she's from the hood, you know what I'm saying? Which is which is even dope, you know, even more dope. And she's doing her thing. I mean, to be um, fair though, Compton ain't all the hood, so I'd like to check her background. No, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> she definitely went to school in in a way better neighborhood. She was. I, I was listening to her interview yesterday. She like, I think after elementary school, she was like, yeah, we're not going to school in Compton. <laughs> yeah, so we, I think Cerritos is uh is what's it called? But she yeah no she's out here um doing a thing to Keith's point. Black people we out here winning, you know what I'm saying? So shout out to, to Dan. <laughs> shout out to Danielle. Uh, keep doing your thing, ma. Um, have you? I mean, obviously y'all heard, but have y'all heard? Black Panther the movie comes out today. Yeah. yeah, America's Hell hyped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. America is hyped about that. Me and wife are going to see it on on uh on Monday. On are the tickets? Day. Did you buy your tickets in advance or? 
Yeah, yeah. We bought our tickets in advance. We've seen the 3D showing. Okay, I heard that. I heard tickets are. I don't know if this is everywhere, but I have heard that tickets are at a premium. Like tickets are more expensive. Usually, I don't. I haven't been to the movies in forever. But well, yeah, it's in very high. De- it's in very high demand. Like I live in Harlem, and we're mm-hmm. going to the local theater, so it's gonna be in high demand. Like, I y'all, I don't know how much y'all know about Harlem and its movie theater experience, but uh, the Magic Johnson <laughs> Theater. Shout out to them. Very fine, fine experience. Uh, putting that into black neighborhoods across the country. But either way. When Tyler Perry movies come out, the shit is jam packed. Like it's it's bananas. Yeah. Kevin Davis. Hart, Kevin Hart still fills it up too. Oh, Kevin Hart, yeah, man. Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. Tyler Perry, now Black Panther. So, yeah, the Magic Johnson Theater out here is very very live. And you you uh, uh you have plans on seeing it also, Niche? Yeah, making plans. I'm actually um, when me and Keith were talking earlier, I'm like, man, I gotta see which day I'm gonna I'm going. I'm trying to go before the weekend is out, so. I know the first week sales is big, so That's dope. definitely got to get yeah. out there and support. Yeah, yeah, check it out. Uh, we we spoke about the soundtrack last week. I heard a few songs off of it. Fire! Um, and it's, yeah, sounds dope. Definitely, um, cute, dope project out there. Kendrick's on a few of the songs. The weekends on there. Uh, Schoolboy Q, I think I heard two chains on there. Yeah. Um, so it's it's well, Kendrick, what, what is Kendrick produced it, didn't he? Like as far as putting everything together and. It's, it's it's pretty much it seems like it's like a whole TDE type. I remember y'all telling me that last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all told me that. I thought y'all meant like Kendrick was the only artist on there. Um, but there are definitely other artists on there. You know, that have their own songs. But yeah, Kendrick possibly could have produced produced it. Um, I didn't look into it, but I know he's like the main artist that they're pushing off of it. Pretty much, you know, he has the lead single, him and uh, SZA. So everything everything I've heard so far sounds really dope. But even with this whole, I remember when I'm I'm not that big into the um. The movies, I used to read comics when I was younger, so I know all the characters and I'm familiar with them. But I remember with the Avengers movie, was was not Avengers, was it Avengers? No, it was Civil War, sorry. Civil War was the first time that we seen uh, Black Panther appear in a movie. And I remember people being hyped at that point, you know what I'm saying? And they was just like, oh, they coming out with a movie next, da-da-da. And, and me, I'm just like, I don't know, I, was, I wasn't hyped, I didn't know what I was being hyped over. I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know how good Marvel's gonna do Black Panther in 2018, they might try to... Go go too stereotypical and try to go too hard with certain things, but they got my man uh, Ryan Coogler uh, of Fruitvale Station, and he also uh, directed Creed. So he actually, anything Michael B. Jordan's, and he's he's probably the director of it. Um, he's he's, <laughs> he, he's the director of this movie as well, and that's cool. You know, that's his man. So he definitely, you know, he's like, hey, let's get let's get Michael B. Jordan in this. Who um, I heard he did a great a great job. You know what I mean? Um, He's a good actor too. We've been, I've been since The Wire, right? Yeah, since, since he was Wallace, man. He Wallace did his thing as Wallace. That's that scene where he gets murked is one of the best scenes I think in the in season one. So he he holds it down. Yo, he was really um, he was trying to go out with a bang. I'm sure he hit up his <laughs> acting coach like, yo, man, this is my final scene. I need to have a career <laughs> a career beyond this because college is for the birds. Yo, please, I need to. You got to coach me up. And that man, right when he was about to get murked out, man, he wow, that, Ryan, that was a killer scene. On himself. My man did his thing. <laughs> um, also, uh, uh, what's the what's the shit called? Oh, Friday Night Lights. He was, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Remember he was on Friday Night Lights in like one of the, the later seasons, but he was he held it down on that show too. Well, yeah. Well, shows that. when they make transitions like that to getting like a like a, a newer cast of, of uh, characters, usually it sucks. But Friday Night Lights, when they switched it up, it was actually good. It's, ar- yeah. it's arguably better, but I might just be biased because it just went to like a whole black thing. But it was <laughs> it really good. Black. The acting was cool, and there were some big time actors like Voodoo Tatum. 
he doing his thing right now in, in uh, Hollywood. Is he? Oh, shit. Yeah, Voodoo Tatum. Um, he was in um, Hidden Figures. He was in he was in a show called Turn. It was on AMC. Uh, I like that. He, he's doing a few things. So And yeah. uh, oh, Jesse, yeah, yeah. Jesse Smollett. I just peeped him. Yeah, Jesse Smollett's lit. on... Uh, Tatum. Um, Jesse Smollett is on uh Underground, I believe it is. Uh, and obviously her brothers on Empire. Um, but yeah, she she did a thing on that show too. She was holding it down. Um, and then what's the main character in um Black Panther? I don't want to pr- mispronounce his name, Keith. Is it? Yeah, you. I think I believe it's Chadwick Boseman. Oh, okay. Okay. He's a um he's a good actor. You were telling me some of the stuff you've seen him in before. Right? Oh yeah, uh, Chadwick Boseman. I'm a big fan, man. He did. He played James Brown in that in the one of the, the newer James Brown. Say it loud. Say it loud. I believe it was called. Right. He played uh, um, Jackie Robinson in Forty Two. Forty Two. Yep. Uh, I saw this movie. I forgot the name of it, but he, I think Return of the King or something like that. He he played like this South African mercenary type dude. So it, it, I, some dude out for revenge. It, it was dope. He's a he's a dope actor. I really enjoy him. I even I didn't even know if he's American or South African, and I think he's playing a South African character in, in Black Panther also. So that's what's up. That America's back at it, and British actors ain't taking ain't Word. taking the crown no more. Ain't taking jobs away. Oh, oh. homeboy, homeboy from Get Out is definitely in there though. Your man from Get Out, he's definitely in that movie. He's definitely in um in Black, oh, he's in Panther, Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, I seen him in the background. Another <laughs> I was British. Like, <laughs> like, these motherfuckers popping up everywhere. Hell yeah, yeah, man! Another um, British dude just killing the game. Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker's in the movie also, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. Damn, these niggas really try to put <laughs> put together the, the the Golden State Warrior of, of fucking black movies. <laughs> nah, he's doing his thing. Yeah, I believe Forrest Whitaker. I've seen him in the commercial as well. But they they're killing it. That's what's up, man. I'm happy about that. And they're gonna do crazy numbers, which is insane. I just I've seen so many think pieces about how this is gonna change Hollywood, change uh, Black Hollywood, things like that, and the fact that people are so hyped about it. I think I think that this is a a product of the change that's been going out going on in Hollywood, not necessarily a like a um, a catalyst. I, I mean, it will catalyze some change in Hollywood, but I think. It's been building up to this. When you look at all, like last year, we talked about some good black TV and movies, like good mm-hmm. black projects on screen. And this, I think this is like a, like a culmination for this year and what that's going to be. It's going to get, I feel it's going to get bigger, but this is like graduation. It is like eighth grade graduation. Where it's like, yo, this kid is on to, <laughs> he's on to some bigger things. You know what I'm saying? Like this ain't the end, but it's, it's, it's the end of one era. Eighth grade graduation. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Angela Bassett's in the movie too. You're right, Keith. About Golden. <laughs> they do have the Golden State. Yeah, Warriors the Golden State Warriors of, of black of uh of, of black projects, man. And shout out to Angela. Angela Bassett did her thing on that um, Aziz Ansari show, Master of None. So we've been seeing. Oh, her. Right? I think she has a television show also. She's playing like an EMT. I did see that on Fox. That was lit. Yeah. I can't wait for um, season three. That. Yeah, man. Black. Is that a good show? Is that a good show? Oh, you talking about a uh, master of none, right, Nish? Yeah, master of none is fire. Yeah, yeah, man. Black TV is killing it. And Lena Waithe from one of the actually the epi- she played Angela Bass's daughter in the Thanksgiving episode. She's one of the producers fire. on the the Showtime, the Showtime show, um, The Shy. Oh, what? me and Nish is talking about it off air. Yeah, the Shy is fire. Yeah, she's that's honestly that's the reason I, I watched it. Funny thing. Like I was like, she's on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna mess with it because 
Uh, I wanted to support. I wanted to support, plus I had a, a, a good feeling that it was going to be good. I saw the first four episodes, fire, so y'all need to watch that. It's not It's not season. Season one's not done yet, right? No, it's a, it's a brand new show. Okay. So I think it's up to season, excuse me, it's up to episode four uh, at this five. point. Oh, got you, got it's you. It's at five now. It's up to five? Yeah, that's what I'm okay. saying. Yep. I didn't get a chance to dig Catch in Catch up, yet. Keith. Nah, I ain't even. Oh, I got to go I back and check. just came out, yeah. I'm a, uh, I like to, you know, I like to binge, just run, every, run through everything. So fuck that binge shit, up. nigga. You need to get down with this shit. It's, it's important <laughs> television. This shit is, it's a fire show. Like, yeah, it's fuck a, that, it's nigga. A fire. Can't wait. Get down. Nah, it's a strong acting. Jason Mitchell's in it, the dude that played Easy e in Straight Outta Compton. So I'm a big What's fan What's it about there. so far? What's it about? It's just about, it's like people compare it to The Wire and all that stuff. It's just, I don't want to make that comparison. It's just a story about people... Existing in South Side Chicago, yeah, Chicago yeah. culture, and South Side yeah. Chicago, yeah, similar to what I said about Compton, it ain't all the hood. So there's also that dynamic, also. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't just it, there are there is some bang bang shoot 'em up, but it's not that's not all it is. There's a lot of drama, people trying to live their lives, trying to get ahead in their own right. So do the yeah. wire comparisons um happen because of uh it's like a multi character type of thing, but everyone's story intertwines eventually. Yeah. I, I would Everyone admit, yes. Nest- yeah. So okay. the it's and as far as quality of writing and the drama and the acting and the strong story, I wouldn't make that comparison to the wire. Um, but I don't want to make it simply because I think people took the simple route of there's a bunch of black people, there's some guns and a little bit of drugs. So we see wire. The wire. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll wire. compare it in, in in terms of storytelling and just have being a high quality project and something that's really fun to watch. Well, that's what's up, man. Shout out to, shout out to Black Hollywood, man, killing it, man. Uh, anything else out there? You guys watching? Anything new? Uh, I mean, if we were here, I think I'm, I might have mentioned it before. A show called Easy, E A S Y on Netflix. Oh, how, what's that about? You told me about that. I don't know if you said that on the podcast, but you told me about that. How I don't think so, but it, it's it's like a, it's it's an anthology of stories. I think the they just put the the second season on netflix so we're waiting on season three hopefully it's renewed but it's an anthology of different love stories in chicago actually so it's set in chicago but it'll be like a different cast of characters almost each each um episode and it's just kind of different stories about love that's it like and that's that's a netflix show you said, it's a right? netflix show yeah, so Netflix got some strong shows. Honestly, I've ran out of stuff to to watch on Netflix. I don't know if you get this problem, but I'll be I'll watch mad dope shit on Netflix, and then like I, I would have finished all the dope shit. So then I lay low from Netflix for maybe like six months, and I come back into some more fire there. Yeah. So I watch Mudbound. Mudbound's a, a diesel show. Um, Easy is a diesel show. Peaky Blinders is a is a diesel show. If you're into BBC British shit. Um, I watch, my, my wife loves the reruns of The Office, so I watch that when I'm with her. I, I checked that out since you told me about that last time. Like it was on USA or TNT, one of those stations it comes on. And I like was like, let me give The Office another chance. Not not another chance. I watched it back in the day. I was like, let me watch another episode. And it still holds up in terms of comedy. It hasn't fell off. You know what I mean? Some things over time, you're like, oh, I can't watch this no more. But it still holds up. It was almost refreshing to watch The Office, like because Michael Scott was was politically incorrect and even though they they did it smart some of the things he said like whether it was racist or, or sexist or homophobic i don't think that that humor would play that well now if that show came out in like you know let's say 2016 mm. 
Nah, that's what's up, man. Um, Niche, you hear any new music? See any new TV shows? Anything you want to put out there? Nah, I just downloaded uh, Nipsey Hustle. Victory. Nipsey Hustle. Shout. I was gonna shout him out, man. How? Uh, you haven't checked it out yet, though. Uh, like, what's I it called? I literally just sat here and downloaded it. Um, Victory Lap. So, okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm excited Hi. to get into the gym and listen to that because highly I like anticipated. Love what he got yeah, going I got. On. Yeah. Definitely, I remember you telling us about his movement. Um, uh, I haven't heard it out. I haven't heard it yet, but y'all go check it out. Uh, Two Chains dropped the EP called "The Play Don't Care Who Makes It." It's got four tracks on it. Okay. Um, so you know what I mean. Let me know what y'all think about that. Also, uh, I'm still bumping the uh, Ken, sorry, the uh, Childish Gambino EP, uh, which is about the same thing, like four songs long. It's cool. Checking it out Black Panther is out, so go check that. Um, Migos Culture Two is big. Atlanta's coming out soon, but we'll yeah, yeah, we, we, getting closer to it though. We'll we'll be up on our Atlanta shit, but just had to mention that. Yep, yep. Um, no, and that's what's up, man. We are gonna move on right now to our other favorite segment called "Let a Plicker Know." Where Plicker sits back and ponders about life's mysteries, and then I bring it to the table to the homies, uh, Miss Perfect Touch. Sorry, Ao Niche and uh, my homie Keith. So y'all ready for that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bring let it. A pl- <laughs> let a plicker know real quick. You could <laughs> let a plicker know. How y'all feel about Valentine's Day? Uh it was about two days ago. Boo. I don't know if y'all did anything, but if so <laughs> if so, let let a plicker know. But uh yeah, what how do you feel about it? Is it a hallmark holiday? Do you think it's important for romance? Um I, my personal views, I never was into it. Um I did not celebrate it this year, but it, you know what I mean, because I'm single like a Pringle. And uh Ready to mingle. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not crazy on Valentine's Day because it's like two months after Christmas. Da da da. But I, I do have a homeboy who told me. You know, I mean, he had a situation where I think he might have forgot like his girl's <laughs> birthday or, or or something like that. So, something crazy he was supposed to remember. And Valentine's Day, you know, popped up, gave him the perfect like excuse to make things up. So shout out, shout out to him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. Like it could save the day with stuff like that. How do how do y'all feel about it? So, uh, Keith. Oh, yeah, so I, 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 I hate, not that I hate, but I really dislike things that are like started out as market employees. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. and I, and I, and I preach about this sometimes to my, my wife. I'm like, engagement rings started off as a market employee, but now it's a big thing. People saying you spend 25% of your yearly salary and all kinds of crazy shit like that. Ooh. Valentine's Day. Is a market employee. Like it's, it's I, I just don't like market employees. However, you just gotta play the game, man. I'll say this. The good thing about Valentine's Day is that when you're in a relationship, whether you married or not, if you're in a relationship long enough, things become kind of routine and you kind of get into this humdrum of the relationship. You still love each other and all that stuff, but you forget to really, you know, bring it with the spicy romance. You know what I'm saying? So having those reminders are important, like like anniversaries, birthdays, um, Christmas, and all that stuff. You just got to gotta do it, you know what I'm saying? Because even though you may think it's just for that other person, it really is for you too because you need to throw in those, you need to throw in that pepper every now and then to your relationship. And those are just reminders to do it. You don't have to wait until Christmas, Valentine's, and all these things to do that. But if you haven't been doing it all year, these are great times to do it. He said, throw in that pepper, add a little paprika on that Yeah, paprika. (laughs) That's paprika. (laughs) How you feel about it, Ayo Niche? I mean, similar to Keith, I mean, for me, I just, I never really been big on 
holidays in general, like with respect to Valentine's Day, Christmas, like where where society or, or just people in general make you feel like you have to give and make you feel mm-hmm. shitty if you can't give. You know what I'm saying? So as far as Valentine's so you Huh? You're not you you're not big on holidays like that, you say? No, nah, not really. It's just like if you if you with someone and you giving gifts and y'all rocking like throughout the year, like because I don't want to participate in it, I feel like you should kind of fuck with me on it. But at the same time, too, I guess it's a give and take. So it's like if that means that much to you, then fuck it, I get you something. It might just be some gift wrapping paper, you know what I mean, for something else. But I get you something. Like, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't know Valentine's Day. I even seen on um. I was uh, scrolling through the shade room, or somebody reposted something when I was on my um my IG, and they were saying uh there's this couple, they go to the store together and they go to the card section on Valentine's Day, and they pretty much just pick out a card for one another. They read and see which one is great. They pick out a card for one another and they exchange it and then they put them shits back. <laughs> so I was like, yo, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's fire. I was like, yo. I'm like, you gonna throw it away eventually yeah. anyway. Yeah, so I'm like, yo. And then the guy was like, he's like, I love you, and I love the fact that we just saved $16. Like, you know, they just kept it, <laughs> they kept it moving. So I think that, like, that's kind of cool. You know, I feel like you should make up your own, like, dope traditions in the house and, like, you know, stuff like that. Make your own holidays. You know, I think stuff like that is cool well, to That's me, definitely the, the best, you know, to make your own days up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because I, I know, like, for me, like, I'm not really big on going out uh, to eat, like, for, uh, you know, especially for Valentine's Day. Like, the food isn't, like, to me, really prepared. Restaurants are too crowded. Over, overpriced, yeah, so crowded. Like, I can really enjoy someone. I'd rather get some food and, you know what I'm saying, make it a dope night. Like, that's my style. But, you know, to each his own. Yeah. And you, and you you I, you made a good point. Like, I think uh, people should throughout the year, you know what I mean, make your own days, be treat someone special throughout the year. What I'm starting to learn, too, I guess from the outside looking in, because I was terrible at Valentine's Day when I was in relationships. But, like, from the outside looking in, I'm starting to see that as personal as a relationship is, as personal as you're going to get with this person and, and share things with them, um, it's also kind of like society. You're also existing within society as well. And she's not going to want to be sitting in the crib while all her friends are posting Valentine's Day pictures, you know what I mean? Like, that's like, she wants to be involved in the culture, too. She wants to be involved in the society, too. So sometimes you just got to, like, even if it doesn't make sense to you, um, like I both said, you just got to do it and, and put it to the side, so. Um, but I think we're all the same on that. It, it feels a bit hallmark. It feels a bit forced. Like, I don't like Black Friday. I don't like the fact that everyone feels they should go spend money just because everything's on sale, you know what I'm saying? But they do it because... It's, just, it's like what, what you do the day after Thanksgiving, you know what I mean? The same thing goes for, like, Valentine's. I should love you without having to be told, oh, this is the day of love. But nothing's wrong with it. Nothing's wrong with playing the game and pretending also. Yeah, well, the important the thing in poems and stuff, the love is this burning fire and all. And it's natural and it kind of comes from, comes from above somehow and you just hit with it. But the truth is love is part of it's the presentation of it, right? How you box it and present it. So you can deeply love somebody. Like with all your heart, you could may, may have killed three dudes for your wife, but she didn't see you kill those three dudes. So therefore, you don't really love her in her eyes, and that's the important part. No matter how much you love a person, unless they know you love them, it almost doesn't matter. Yeah, you're right about that. Because you can say it all day, but if you ain't showing it, she like deuces. Yeah, pretty much. It goes to that the the that book, the five love languages. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The couples get into these arguments like, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? Oh, you don't love me. Or you don't love me like you're used to and all these things. And then the other the other partner's like, what are you talking about? I did this for you yesterday. I did that. I'm here, right? I could have been out playing basketball and all that type of stuff. But it's like you have to know your partner's language. If it's, you know, them being being taken out and wine and dine, then fine. Or if it's, it could be simply something as you bringing them around your friends, bringing your partner around, around your friends and be like, Hey, what's up y'all? you know, this is Chris or this is Keith or whatever. That's like, for some people, like that's the biggest thing you could do for them. Like show them off. It doesn't cost a dime. So part of love is really boxing love up and pre- presenting it, boxing it up the way your partner loves it. Yeah. Feeling important and all that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doctor Love over here, he dropping dropping jewels. I hate I hate bringing people around. Like I hate bringing people around new crowds. Like if I know the crowd, but they don't know them. But like in a relationship, I never even thought about it. Like Keith said, it's more. It's not even about you. You're showing them off, and they kind of like are you know feel complimented by that. They get to dress up and look nice and be showing off. But I'm always thinking about, oh, are they gonna get along with this person? Are they gonna? Is the conversation gonna flow? Are they gonna feel left out? But no, nah, you you drop the good. Keith, it, it, you, you gotta you, you gotta drop that book, Keith. You need that book. <laughs> well, well, to that point, I don't think it, it it matters that much. There's this um, my wife got a got a homegirl whose husband's dude is like extra smart, but like too smart. You know what I'm saying? Like one of those dudes that are like, it, it like they would they would ph- philosophize on stuff and kind of throw people off in a party conversation in a party setting and be like you know what do you think about marxism and what is how it pertains to today's world like he would ask <laughs> questions like that and she kind of feels funny bringing him around but i'm like yo that's your husband you know what i'm saying like the how special he feels by you bringing him around that far trumps the little bit of awkwardness that happens when he starts a weird conversation see what i'm saying like if your partner doesn't get along with some group of friends at a party it really doesn't doesn't matter that much because your your friends are gonna forget about that in about forty eight hours. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Is you spend you bring your your lady around for an hour or so, they mingle. Maybe it gets awkward or she doesn't like them. They don't like her. Whatever. But how often is she gonna have to hang with them? But the way she felt the fact that you brought her to that party, like that really lasts a very very long time. It lasts way more than forty eight hours. So that's that's a small price to pay to really make make your partner happy. I wonder how you have that conversation, like, like, yo, you're a little weird in party settings. Like, I, we got to find this new stuff for you to talk about. This Marxism shit ain't cutting. It. Oh, that's the beauty of relationships, man. You got to find ways to communicate. You got to, you know what I'm saying, put it on your calendar and start talking about it. There you go. There you go. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Before we even do, I got another letter plicker No, I need to know. Y'all got to help me out. What do you do when, when the homie just lets themselves go? You know what I mean? It could be... A, a, a friend of yours, a coworker, or someone you might have been cool with, but now you only see them on social media, and you're like, "Yo, every time I see Shorty, she's a little heavier." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's just letting it, letting it happen. It's like, as a friend, are you? Is that like the no, the the, the no fly zone? Do you do you venture into that field of saying, "Yo, you know what I mean? I know you used to work out. You know what I'm saying? I know you used to care about your body before, and now I see you kind of." doing the opposite you kind of letting it go is that a conversation that you could have with a friend without anybody getting offended y'all think is that, or is that even something a that gift certificate to planet fitness <laughs> you <laughs> keep <laughs> letting it go man <laughs> keep letting themselves go nah but i because real talk i think there's people out there like i'm and i suffer from this i don't know i don't really know how i look in terms of like 
everybody else. Like, I look okay to me, but I, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if I'm bigger than this person, smaller than that person, unless we're standing in front of a mirror, so to speak. And I'm like, all right, I'm definitely, you know what I'm saying, wider than this person, da-da-da. But for the most part, I'm like, all right, I, 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 I can feel when I gain weight. I can feel when I'm heavier, when I'm um, not as athletic, I guess, as I was a, a few months earlier. But sometimes I don't know. And then somebody would do something. Like, I, like real talk. I remember in high school, I'm, I, I was I was a chubby kid, and I knew I was I was getting a little out of hand. But it wasn't until like one day around the holiday season, and I'm just sitting there having a conversation, and I think Keith put a candy cane on my man boob, and I'm like, uh. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, <laughs> and the shit actually stayed there and hung. So I'm like, ah, oh, nah, 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 <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I got I gotta start. <laughs> nah, something gotta be done. So, but but that helped me out. You know what I'm saying? That was like, hey. You know, hey, buddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You might want to work on that. <laughs> but, but is that, a, is that, I, I was able to take it. I didn't like hate Keith for the rest of my life. But is that something that people might get offended by? Or you think that in your personal relationship with your friends, you got friends that you could be that open with? I think you need friends who, who you could be that open with. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you don't, like, when you, when you're in the swings of life and things, things are going and coming and all that stuff, you're not able to work out or you're not eating properly, eating fast food because you got to hit the next appointment real quick or you're doing a lot of road trips and all that stuff. Like, it just happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you gain a lot of weight, like, it just happens. Like, one day, two years pass by and you look at yourself and be like, yo, or somebody shows you a picture, like, yo, that's crazy. Like, where did all that come from? And, you know, whichever friend it is, I would imagine they're going through the same thing. So to have that friend, not everyone has it. In fact, very few people have that that good of a friend who be like, "Yo, man, you know, what's good? Like, you know, let's hit the gym or something." Like, very few people have that friend, but I think everyone needs that friend. Or there's a lot of value to having that that friend that would roast you if that that's what they need to do or or whatever. Yeah, roasting is I think how our language. That's how we would like we'd start cracking on somebody like, "Damn, bro, you." Hot dog pack on the back of your neck. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm that, that's, that's how I get motivated to lose weight because my mom starts roasting me because I see my mom, but you know. Oh, West Indian mothers? <laughs> oh, West Indian mothers will make, make you hit the gym like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, man. She, she would just, nah, like, I would come. I'd be like, good afternoon. She'd be like, you gain weight? You, uh, you know, <laughs> too many plantains or something? And I'm like, oh, damn, man. Like, this. <laughs> Like, I don't even eat plantain. Damn. <laughs> I don't eat plantains, man. Damn, man. Nah, it's, 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 some people can't take it, though. How do you feel about it, Nish? Do you have friends that you could do that with? Or, yeah. or would you be offended if someone did that to you? Not like, if I, if I, if I pulled you aside or something, like if Plicka pulled I, you aside think, and was I like, think, hey. Yeah, I think it depends on who it is. That's just like, um, it's funny, like last year around the time, cause I, you know, I lost like a hundred pounds and then like, I probably gained maybe like 20, 25 pounds back. So that's been like my, my whole thing, like been getting down, but I never forget. I had this one teacher and she was just like, yo, what's been going on? She was like, yo, you know, you were looking good. She said, were. So I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I had already like, yo, was, I heard that. Yo, but what's real is like the last past week, you know what I'm saying? I had just really started getting back into the gym. But she was just like, yeah, she was like, yo, everything cool. She was like, cause you were on a roll. Like, you know, she kind of hit me with the like, yo, you were my inspiration. So what's up? Like everything all right? And I'm just like, yo, honestly, I was like summertime. Like I did what the hell I wanted. You know what I mean? I done moved in. You know what I mean? You know how I go when you you moved in with yours. You just in the crib cooking, mm-hmm. eating, like, you know what I mean? I'm lit. Mm-hmm. And Watch, just, watching Netflix together. Oh, I know man. How like, oh, you know, man. drinking, Yo. eating, and fucking, like, you know how I go. In college, I shacked up with this girl. She was Dominican. 
I didn't shack, shack up, up, but you know, like more or less <laughs> in college, it becomes shacking up when you go to their dorm yeah. room all the time. Yep. Yeah. She was Dominican. She just loved cooking rice and beans and mad chicken. I was like, I was, you know, I was eating. And as a college student, you never eat that good. You know what I'm saying? Like you'd be lucky if you get some Raymond noodles, and then if if you particularly fancy, you might chop some hot dogs up into it. But yo, man, <laughs> it was like real food, man. Yeah, man. And I gained I mean, so much weight. It's real. And then I I, so I, I, I started, you. like, I gained, like, a love for cooking. So it's like, yo, I'm just trying different shit every day, like big meals. So, like, you know what I mean? Mm. That came into play. But now I ain't even going to lie. I'm, I think I'm down now, maybe, like, 15. Like, I'm lit now. Like, woo! There you go. Thank God. That's what's up. Yeah, what's but up, you know man? what I'm saying? You got to find that, that wave. Yo, Keith was real, too. I was just talking to one of my peoples about you, too, because uh, my one homegirl, she's doing, like, bodybuilding. And then... Um, uh -huh. She has to get her weight down, so my people's just like, yeah, you know, that's wow, that's gonna that's gonna look crazy. That's not it's not me. She's just like, nah, I can't do that. She was like, that's just like you know, people who run a marathon. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, my homie ran a marathon. Like, yo, <laughs> it's, like, it's cool to have that one friend that like that did that shit. That kind of like sounds impossible, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like my homie does this, da da da. da. So yeah. So so you feel like. That kind of that kind of motivated you to like uh, want to get it back together when she made that comment. Would you It'll, would you make that comment to someone else? It depends on if we're cool. You know what I'm saying? Like if mm -hmm. we're real cool and you know you're you talk about losing weight and then you're just constantly buying new shit. And I'm gonna let you know. Like, listen, I love you, but what's happening here is uh, something that I need you to pay attention to. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, because you know there's those people that just always say, like, yo, yeah, I'm about to start getting in the gym, da-da-da-da. And it's like, yo, you just keep coming up with excuses, then, yeah, I got to I gotta hit you with it. That's just, like, the same way, even if it wasn't, like, a weight loss, if it's just something that you wanted. If I fuck with you and I know your goals and I see you're going away from them, then I'm going to let you know. Like, even me and you, we had a conversation about with the DJing. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you turn tables. Hitting the tables. Like, yo, fuck it, then you must not want to do that shit. You must, like... You might as well just sell your shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just real shit. But it's like, yo, I would want you to do the same shit to me. So if I fuck with you, then yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I feel like it's my, my duty as your friend. You know what I'm saying? Just like, I feel like, yo, you should, you should correct me as well too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. So, we're quick to body shame in this culture too. Like, we're quick to be like, yo, this person's fat. This person's da-da-da behind their back. You know what I'm saying? Or on social media or something like that. But it's like, yo, how much would that same energy be go from negative to positive if you were to say to them in a not you know not not trying to hurt their feelings but you know what i'm saying rather than talk about your homie behind their back or da 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 just say it to them but it, it gets frustrating that, like nisha you hear people like oh, I'm, I'm about to do this I'm about to do that and you're like yeah Yo, you've been saying that for like five years bro you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's like but that's the point of being a friend like i i it's uh it's, it's kind of like you're you're, you're, you're accountable it's kind of like having an accountability partner you know what i mean like if, if I know Nish gonna ask me every time, yo, did you work out this week? I'm gonna at least try to sneak one in. So I can, so I'm instead of saying, nah, I can be like, I got that one. Yeah. It was a good one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it sounds better than it sounds better than nah. You know what I mean? So that's that's my inspiration for it. But you know what I mean? Everybody's different. And yeah. I feel like if you're too sensitive to to, to hear that, then, yeah, then we, you we gotta forget like, different people to hang around. Yeah, you gotta and you gotta be able to be honest with your friends too. That's just like, you know, like we talk about working out. So what I tell you, he was like, Yo, what's good, Nish? Da da da. Keith has stepped off the line, but I was just like Yo, man, I came from the gym, but no lie, I just had a Swiss roll. Because that's what I wanted, you know what I'm saying? And you, he hit me with mm -hmm. the, <laughs> Playboy was like, 
that defeated the whole purpose. And it just changed the subject. I was like, yo, <laughs> you yo I was like, yo, fuck that Swiss roll, B. I'm about to head back to the gym today before my meeting, kid. Like, Nah, nah. If anything, you earned the Swiss roll if you think about it like yeah. that. You could flip it. You, <laughs> look, <laughs> you look, knocked look, a little yes, made some room for it. Yes and no, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And real quick, though, before, not even real quick, my fault, before we wrap things up here, I got one more letter plicker. No. Man, you want to know a lot of know. shit today. Yeah, nigga, you asked a man. I'm curious. Like the feds. <laughs> motherfucker, motherfucker, carry. I'm trying to learn about life. You know, I want to learn it from the streets. So I come here where it's a safe place. You know what I mean? I have to figure y'all give me good advice. Um, and just I think doing this podcast is crazy. I was thinking about. It. I've known Keith for like almost 20 years now, and Niche, we going on like close to a decade knowing each other, right? Mm-hmm. And I know y'all way better in a year that I we've done this podcast. I know more stuff about y'all now than I did in that. You know what I'm saying? Span the time, which is crazy, and it's a dope thing that we do this podcast. But um, looking at Keith's situation, I, I, I noticed things. He's he you know he talks about his relationship a lot and stuff like that. And I would call his relationship a very organized relationship to the point that, to for, from my experiences, it isn't what I'm used to, and and from what the people I talk to and the people that I interact with, I don't think that it's what they do as well. And it's like unique in a good way. Whereas he'll like schedule um, conversations to have with his uh, his wife. Um, he'll schedule like, hey, I, I, I don't think you schedule arguments, right? If you, but you schedule like, hey, this bothered, <laughs> this bothered me, and I feel like we need to, you know, what I'm saying, probably talk about this, this type of thing. Um, that's not my, that's not my experiences. Hopefully, moving forward, that's something I can implement. But that, in my past experience, that hasn't worked. And um, I think that you keeps, mean you saying it hasn't worked? Like you tried it and it failed, or? No, no, sorry, my wrong, wrong choice of words. And that, in my experience, I haven't even, I never even thought about it until you said it. Like doing something like that, so I'm new. That's new to me. Not that it hasn't worked. I haven't even tried it yet. You know what I'm saying? But it doesn't even seem within my personality because um I'm kind of like a I don't like too rigid of a schedule. I don't like for my schedule to be 10 a.m. do this, 12 8, 12 p.m. do this, 1 p.m. do this. You know what I'm saying? Like I like it to be. I right, I can have a couple things throughout the day that I'm gonna do at set times, but I need that freedom time in between. I'm a little you know kind of try to be spontaneous a little bit. And I feel like some people are like that in their relationships. They don't necessarily want it to be. Hey, we're gonna talk at this time. We're gonna do like that. So in y'all experiences, have you have you noticed? Uh, Keith, maybe this might be the first time you're doing it. I don't know if you've done it in other relationships, but are you noticing? Um, that maybe certain relationships th- this wouldn't have worked in, um, you know what I mean. This would have been like maybe a hindrance. The girl might have been like, "Hey, this is a little too much for me. A little too like a business type of transaction." And then, uh, as as opposed to, I'm, I'm assuming now it's working in a positive way for you, right? Yeah, uh, hell yeah. I think I think this is there's very few relationships that I had. I've had quite a few relationships, and player, player, <laughs> um. <laughs> And probably one one or two of them, maybe this could have worked because this is why. The reason we do it is because me and my wife don't feel like we're, we came into the relationship being the kind of communicators that we want to be. You know what I'm saying? You said that to me, but how, how'd you come to that realization? Because the, the, we came to that reala- realization, well, both of us have been to therapy and we learned a lot about ourselves. Um, and then we we notice things and because we're more self-aware we're able to notice things in others so when we look at each other it's like yo you you felt a certain way last week or something weird just happened or something catastrophic just happened i noticed that i couldn't read like read how you felt like you never told me how you felt about it or nothing like that you know what i'm saying it doesn't have to be necessarily they're mad at me it's just just they're mad at something Mm-hmm. And you could feel it in the room. You could feel it. You could it feel in the, it, in the or air, like. you either you could feel it, or you know you know someone is supposed to feel a way about it. 
but mm-hmm. they never said anything to you, nor do you know how they felt about it. So things like that made both of us realize that in, in each other that we have a lot of work to do in communicating. You know what I'm saying? Like knowing how I'm feeling when I'm feeling it and knowing how she's feeling when, when, whenever it is that she's feeling it. And we weren't there. We just weren't there. We're not the types to, you know, like we have a bad day at work or if we're unhappy with something that the other person did or if we're, or if we're really happy with something the other person did, we weren't saying, yo, you know, I really enjoyed that and I feel this way and blah, blah, blah. Because it's important for somebody to say what they're feeling. Like, I felt sad or I felt mad or I felt good or I felt bad. We we just weren't doing it. So, mm-hmm. or even with important conversations like family planning or uh, finances, like how, how many assets you got, how much debt are you in? Like, we weren't, we just weren't good at saying, all right, let's sit down now and talk about it, blah, blah, blah. Because when we did, there would be a lot of passing it off. Like, oh, how you feel about it? I don't know. Well, however you feel about it, that kind of stuff. So now, mm-hmm. so then it, it it prompted me to say, we got to set appointments and, and set a loose agenda saying that, all right, we're going to have a meeting about family planning. This is what we're going to talk about. Let's say, for instance, family planning. We're going to talk about um, how are we going to choose a gynecologist? How are we, are we going to choose a birthing center? What are we going to do about money? If, what if somebody got to quit? All this different type of stuff. Like these are topics you have to think about before you, we come sit down with each other. You know what I'm saying? Almost like homework. Because how we were doing it before just wasn't working. Now, you ask me how would it work in other relationships. I, I dated a lot of effective communicators. I wasn't effective and they were. So it would probably sound stupid for them, especially if we're not on track to spend our, the rest of our lives together to say, I'm going to schedule appointments, appointments with you. If I say, mm-hmm. yo, you know, Saturday at noon, let's talk about whatever. They'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Why don't we just talk about it now? You know what I'm saying? Because they were effective communicators and they may not necessarily necessarily relate to the fact that I'm trying to work on communicating. But in this case with my wife, we both grown together. So this this scheduling shit, it's not something that's supposed to last forever. We're just doing it now till we build that muscle to say, all right, I think we're good. Now we could do, quote unquote, seat of the pants type stuff. Okay. And, and Nish, uh, you alluded like in in other episodes, you're like in a transitional uh, period right now in terms of like relationships and stuff like that. Do you feel like maybe Keith's uh, and we'll call it like organized relationship model could have helped you in previous relationships, or is it something that you think you might do moving forward? Uh, or even do you, yes do you think no. better the better to keep spontaneous? Okay, go ahead. Uh, I probably say yes or no. Like I, I do like some of the things that like you know that they do. I think it just depends on those people. Like. You know, or, or, you know, the people involved in the relationship. I know for me, you know, just where I'm at right now, even in my career, like, you know, not necessarily being um, spontaneous, but, like, my time is all over everywhere. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that can kind of be a lot for anyone. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not used to the back and forth, or it may feel like it's inconsistent. You know what I'm saying? That's one of the words that's big on this side of town. You know, not as consistent. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Yo, Meaning you that know, you've got you've gotten a criticism of being inconsistent. Yes, yes, that is okay. that is my thing. So, in terms of in terms of what your your schedule in yeah, terms of like time, time, free time, or time time is definitely. Okay, yeah. um, I see that. Yeah, one of those things, and um, you know. Sometimes it's it's hard though, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, unfortunately, that's just like we just had a conversation. I'm like, yo, you know, you don't really. For me, it's hard to talk to other people who are transitioning, how I'm transitioning, and where they're at. Like, you know, it's hard. I don't really have that 
model right here in front of me. You know what I'm saying? Just as I'm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure on the side, like where you're dealing with someone like me, you don't have that model either. So it's like, yo, you know, so you won't get encouraged the same way. So like, you know, you may have your peoples on the side being like, yo, what she doing? Da, 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 da. I like, nah, I don't, I wouldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, just leave her. Yeah. But they don't, they don't know the dynamics of, you know what I'm saying? Doing, you know. What you got going on? Yeah, but at the same time too, you know what I mean? I can't, the way I look at it though is like, yo, there there should be some type of like planning, you know, and I try to plan, but I'm like, damn, like not for nothing. Sometimes it's just like, you know how it go? Like I could plan something a couple of weeks in advance, but like if I have to leave or like, I just like tried to plan something one time and I got a call on Monday and I flew out on Thursday. So it's like, yo, damn. I was like, oh shit. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, (laughs) it kind of led to, all right, nah, you go ahead and go. But then, you know, I heard about that shit a few weeks later. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you try for me on my end. I try. So I'm not, I'm not as big on planning, but I do believe that it can work. And like, but I feel like too, that's just where I'm at right now in my career. So like, once I get a few things going, you know, like, it's difficult. You know what I'm saying? That transitional... I'm at a transitional phase, like, with everything right now. So, it's like, yo, it's it's real interesting. But at the same time, too, this this part doesn't last long. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like, once you get over that hump and you start, you know, getting into things. And for me, my whole goal is just being, like, better... I want to be better. You know what I'm saying? A better me. You know, better financially. You know what I'm saying? I just want to be better. So, it's like, yo, you know, that part of my life... Where it comes to being in a relationship and being with someone, I'm not even really looking at it right now. You know what I mean? Because I just want to be mm-hmm. better. And I want to, like, fall fall more in love with myself again. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and making sure that I'm handling everything during this transitional phase. So, but I, I, I'm That's about to start up. scheduling. Yeah, I'm about to be on my keep shit, though. I'm about to start scheduling more time with myself. Like, other shit. Like, just other shit that I could do mm-hmm. with myself besides just fucking going to the gym and making music and having meetings. Like... So I'm gonna try that shit. I'll let y'all know how it go. Like Yeah, it's important. I think so um a great man Tommy Strawn once said in the episode where where um I think Martin <laughs> Martin got his CD player stolen. Right? When we when we think about those difficult situations, those difficult relationships where it feels like the other person's not getting this or we not getting that person. Yeah. There's always a way, dog. There's always a way. Always a way, dog. Always a way. Always a way. Yeah, like Word. you know, but the, the question is, do do you want to do you want to do, are you going to choose to take that way to make things work? And you know, saying no is okay. Like it's okay to say no. I don't really want to do that. Therefore, I'm not going to be in this relationship. You know, what I'm saying that that's a mature thing to do to say that. Yeah, yo, I really can't do that. So you know, I got I'm going to do my thing, and you're going to do your thing. But um, the scheduling thing is not for everybody. Well, what it does do is that. It puts on paper. It's it's a commitment to say that we, I'm going to do this thing. And you can schedule stuff that not, it doesn't even have to be with your partner, but it could be for your partner. Stuff like every every Thursday you remind yourself to to say I love you in the morning, or every Saturday, you know, make eggs or something like these are things that you schedule that you're going to do. You know what I'm saying? Because if you say, would you be offended? Would you be offended by that though? If you see in like your girl get a reminder to say i love you to keith you that wouldn't piss you off right you'd be like hey you know what i mean whatever it wouldn't piss me off but people want love to be magical love is not magical people who who, people who've been married for decades they will tell you there's nothing magical about the damn life i live 
You know what I'm saying? I love this, <laughs> I love this woman. I depend on her and she depends on me. But there's nothing. When I wake up, there is no magician standing over me, waving around a wand around my meat, saying whatever. Nah, like we have magical <laughs> moments. There's there's very memorable moments, but 24 hours a day, 365, it's not magical. It's like I wake up and I know I got I know I gotta do certain things for this woman, or she she gotta do certain things for me, like shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So scheduling stuff and reminding yourself of certain things if you mean it because you schedule it and write it down doesn't mean that you don't mean it because it's not spontaneous doesn't mean it's not yeah. genuine it just means I feel that like, i feel like females don't see that though though they don't feel like that you know what i mean well, it's not just females look you know what i'm saying yeah oh yeah i say females so that's why i interact but yeah no you're right everybody <laughs> i shouldn't be sexist like that <laughs> but um no, 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 and you're right. You you just explained it perfectly, Keith. Like it's not a magical thing. This ain't no fairy tale. But it's like, oh, where well, you got to remind yourself to <laughs> to say, you know what I mean? But hey, it's either that or nothing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, in a perfect, like I said before, like in in one of our previous conversations, I said that you got to package it and deliver it in a, in a very cute way. Mm-hmm. In a in the best case scenario, you wouldn't have have your partner find out that you you have to schedule all these t- different types of things or put reminders. Yeah, yeah. But um, if that's what you need to do to be successful, that's what you got to do. I mean, ideally, in your professional life, you don't not schedule stuff. You know what I'm saying? If you got mm-hmm. a gig or you got to talk to a manager, you don't say, yeah, I'm going to do it when I feel like doing it. And you, if we happen to feel like doing it at the same time, then so be it. Nah, to be successful, you have to schedule stuff and you have to be early for those appointments. Not on time, but early. So... If you treat Ooh, write that book, Keith. Write that if, book. if you if you treat stuff outside your home that way, because you're not gonna be professional forever. At some point, you're gonna retire, or if you, hopefully you live to see that day. But if let's say you marry a person, there's no retirement from that. So if you treat your know, professional life that seriously, if you treated school that seriously, you went to class at a certain time, you delivered homework by a certain day, but we can't do that for our loved one. Then we need to rethink. How we doing love. And that's where, where why I started scheduling stuff. February 14th, 2019. The book is dropping. <laughs> Keep an eye out. <laughs> it's coming. Perfect Talk Podcast presents Keith Love Languages. Y'all better go cop that, man. But uh, that's episode 23. Shout out to Michael Jordan, LeBron James, anybody with a number two. Oh, they, Draymond Green. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Episode 23, we out here. Um, and y'all can always check us out on Instagram, man. You know that. Check us out on there at Perfect Talk Radio. Uh, you can check me out at Plickapeezy, P-L-I-C-C-A-P-E-E-Z-Y. Uh, I go by the name of DJ Playboy, but perhaps if you were looking for AO Niche, I think you'd, you'd hop on the Twitter, the Facebook, all of that. Where would they check where would they check you out on that, Niche? Yeah. What's, the, what's, the, uh, what's the handle? AO Niche, A-Y-O-N-I-S-H. That's it. Nice, yeah. nice. Easy to remember, easy to remember. Yeah. Keith, if somebody was on MySpace, Mi Gente, Black Planet, how would they find you? Where they, where they finding you at, brother? You can catch me on Black Plant now. Um, you can catch me on Instagram, me and my underscore 35. By the way, y'all, invest y'all money into the stock market. It's real easy. doesn't take much money. Go to Vanguard.com, Fidelity.com, whatever. Put your money in the stock market right away. Build some wealth for yourself. Invest in some bud companies, too. They out there. Oh, yeah. You, it's, it's easy to invest in also. 
It's coming up. Also, um, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on SoundCloud.com. Just search at Perfect Talk uh, Radio. Um, also, also, I think we're on Google Play Music now. So you can check us out if you got an Android, a Google phone. You know what I mean? Check us out. We out here. Um, and that's episode 23. We in the books. So like we do at this time, man, say goodbye to the people, y'all. Peace, y'all, and love. All right, all right, peace.